Girlfriends, episode number 335, Ideas and Help for Working Moms. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week's topic came to me from two separate emails from listeners who are looking for some ideas and help support for working moms who are feeling overwhelmed and discouraged. This is such an important topic. I have many thoughts to share, so let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? I hope you are doing well. Thank you so much for joining me here. I'm always happy to connect with you. If you're a first time listener to the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to give you a special welcome. I hope you're going to like what we are sharing here and want to stick around, become a full time member of our Girlfriends community through the podcast here. So this week's topic, we are talking about working moms. And I occasionally hear from working moms. I occasionally hear from moms who are trying to discern if they should work outside the home and what that might look like. I hear from moms who are struggling to balance home life and work life and everything in between. So this is something that really does affect many different women in many different ways. And I heard from two different listeners, so with different emails asking questions about this particular topic. So I thought, well, let's let's just do a whole show where we can take up this topic and kind of talk about all of these things that we we tend to struggle with, these ideas, these concepts about being a working mom and whether you should be full-time at home, full-time at work or some some creative balance between the two that many of us find ourselves in that place, especially in today's world with remote work being so readily available. So I thought, let's first of all, I'll share with you um, the emails that I got. Actually, one was from a woman who's actually part of our Girlfriends community over at girlfriendscommunity.com, which is our online kind of go deeper version of all the things that we share here on the podcast. If you're interested in learning more about the Girlfriends community and possibly becoming a member, we would love to have you. You can join us over at girlfriendscommunity.com. You can get all the information that you want there and you can try it out for free. So this came from a, a member there who wrote to me in a private message. I'm a mom of five and I work full time as a registered nurse. My hours vary by the week. And so I'm able to be present for a lot of my kids needs. But still, I feel guilty when I see some of their friends, moms who are able to stay home full time. That's just not in the cards for us right now. And yet still, I find myself thinking about it and feeling resentful a lot of the time. I wish it could be so simple for us. But my husband has mental health issues. And so he works less than full time. And I've always been able to earn more than he does anyway. So I know this makes sense for our family right now. But I do find myself feeling jealous of other people's situations and then guilty about being a working mom. Do you have any thoughts? And please remember to pray for me. So yes, of course, we will we will be praying for this particular person who's going to be anonymous here. And then also, I heard from Amanda who wrote in and she said, first of all, I love your podcast. Thank you for it. I would like to request a podcast for working moms. As a Catholic working mom, I often feel both isolated and completely overwhelmed. It also doesn't help that I continually come across Catholic articles encouraging moms to stay home. That's all a worthy cause for sure. And in some regards, it's harder. However, for some of us, it just isn't possible. And it's not even the call that God gave us. It would be great to have some encouragement. Thank you, Amanda. So I love that these two came to me kind of uh, within a couple of days of each other. And I thought this is the Holy Spirit who's guiding what we should be talking about over at Girlfriends. So let's talk about this. First of all, I want to say 
this whole concept of like working mom and and always being careful to be you know to when i ask somebody like do you do you work outside the home and now that one doesn't even really apply anymore because many of us are working outside the home inside our homes right that's what i do so i think it's important to be careful how we talk about these things and recognize that this is an emotionally laden issue for pretty much every woman on every end of the spectrum, everywhere on the spectrum with regard to working and staying at home. Uh, I know that it's such an emotionally charged thing. And it's something that has often been a hot button topic for women. And I've never bought into the mommy wars like at home moms versus working moms and, you know, each trying to, to prove that their way is the best way that and, and you do run into some of that sometimes online or whatever. That's unfortunate. But in real life, I've really only ever known women wanting to encourage and support each other, regardless of their particular circumstances of whether they're working for pay or not, or if they're full time at home as moms or all of the different kind of creative ways that we we work and that we care for our families. So I, I just want to address, first of all, this idea of feeling guilty. That was in part the first emailer's message to me was about this idea of feeling guilty. And this is one that I hear about a lot from moms who are working. And I can relate to that, you know, so I feel like I'm kind of uniquely qualified to talk about this topic because I've done it all. <laughs> like I really have. So when we first got married, um, I got pregnant pretty much right away. And I was working full time. Dan was still in school. And we determined that he should finish his school. And I would continue working even after our, our daughter was born. And we did that. And I went back to work when she was just eight weeks old and she was with my mom and which was, you know, tremendous care. <laughs> you know, not everybody's lucky to have that kind of situation, but we, we were that lucky. And so I knew she was in good hands. And yet I was so so conflicted about the entire thing. So I was working full time and actually she was with my mom and then she was with Dan because he was he was in school so he had a much more flexible schedule. So um, he was with her a lot and I was nursing and so I was pumping. And so I feel like that I fully get that part of things, you know, that kind of, I, I remember at the time thinking that I can't win this situation. Like if I'm at work, I'm feeling guilty. If I'm at home, I'm feeling guilty. And I, I just, I really longed to just be an at-home mom with my daughter at that point. And so when I became pregnant with my son, who was our second child, we decided when he was born that I would stay home full time at that point. Dan was done with school. He had a full time job teaching and um, we were moving near to his work. And it was just the timing was absolutely right for me to stay home full time. So I fully embraced that. And I look back now and that was such a sweet time in our lives. And yet, such a hard time for me personally. I, you know, this was like, so my son who is, he's now 26. So we're talking about a good long while ago. This was pre-cell phones. This was the internet kind of existed, but not really. So I didn't have a lot of outside communication going on while I was at home full time. And Dan was just gone. You know, like he might've, he might've called on his lunch break, but that was it. It wasn't like continual communication the way that so many of us enjoy today with texting and all of that. Um, but anyway, I remember it being exactly what I wanted, 
but also being so very hard. And I was, I had conflicted feelings about that. Like, why is this so hard? You know, anyway, and then, you know, we went on to have more children. And by the time I was pregnant with my fifth, we were kind of Dan was working and he was he, he was a teacher. And so he sometimes had a summer job. Also, occasionally I would pick up a job in the summertime, you know, something local and kind of a no brainer kind of commitment where it'd be like three nights a week I was waitressing or whatnot just to make ends meet. And that was kind of actually a nice break for me and a nice balance between working and being at home with, with all the kids. But it was that around that time that I began actually writing. And, you know, some people, when they talk to me now, they're like, you know, how did you, how did you get started in, in your work and in your writing? And how did you balance that with home life? And I very much see it as it was part of God's plan for our family for me to be writing and, you know, working in some capacity. But I didn't have a plan for it. I just... I I felt compelled to do that at that stage in our lives. And so I, I devoted myself that summer. I was pregnant. Dan was working nights. The kids were all little. They were going to bed, you know, at 7.30. And I would just had these hours to spend on something. And I decided to devote that time to working on some writing because I always, I always, of course, enjoyed writing. And um, I thought, well, I'll just give this freelance thing a go. And so I really spent those three months that summer focused on doing that. And as a result, my writing found a home in a few different places, especially Catholic magazines and in the National Catholic Register, also with some parenting magazines, some more secular stuff and that kind of thing. And, and it kind of built from there. And so then it went on to become like part-time editorial work over the years. Like this wasn't an overnight thing. And every time Dan and I just kind of prayerfully discerned when a new opportunity presented itself, like, is this what's good for our family? Is this what's best? And it always was very much that balance. And for us, it made sense for me to take on certain work opportunities. And always, though, for me, it always had to be a non-negotiable, like I need to be able to work from home because our kids were little. It just wasn't even possible. And of course, I, I wound up, you know, working full time from home, uh, working in publishing. And, you know, in addition to writing books and the other kinds of projects that I was always happy to have to work on, but always making it work with our family life. That was always a priority, always really important. And so I ne I don't have the experience of going out of my house to work like nine to five, you know, in, in that kind of traditional schedule and being out of the house, um, except for that when we were very first married and after our first was born. So I'm, I'm very familiar with the, the ways that modern work life can be flexible around these things and that you can work remotely, but also... I will say, I can look back now, somebody was asking me recently, it was a young a young woman who's newly married and kind of anticipating figuring out whether she, she wants to be working and how she might want to be working when they start a family. And she was asking about, especially when I was working full-time publishing magazines back when I was uh, publisher of Catholic Digest. And I just told her, I look back on it now and I'm like, that was crazy. <laughs> It was crazy. And I don't doubt that that was what God wanted for us at that time. And, and for sure, me working was, was a benefit to our family in many ways. But it was a really hard thing. And so I can completely relate to the, the feelings of being overwhelmed when you're working, when you're kind of balancing home and work life and mom life and all the needs of your kids and managing your household and somehow managing to get laundry done and get dinner on the table, but also earning money uh, and just finding a way to get the bills paid. So I totally understand that. When, when somebody tells me they're feeling guilty or they're feeling overwhelmed, I totally get it. 
So the idea of feeling guilty, though, I would say that you should, if you are feeling guilty about whatever level to which you're you're working, and, and I've actually, by the way, heard from many women who are full-time at home moms, and they're feeling guilty because they say, oh, I have this graduate degree and I'm not doing anything with it. Or, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of wasting my potential or something along those lines. And so whenever you're feeling guilty about something related to these things, I really encourage you to think clearly about it and ask yourself, is it justified or is this just a temptation toward that's going to just lead to my discouragement? Bring that, bring that temptation, bring that feeling of guilt to God and ask him to help you to see your situation clearly. It might be that you feel guilty because it's not a good balance for you, that your your life is not in balance the way that God intends for it to be right now. It might be that you're, you're feeling guilty because a different arrangement would be a better fit for you and your family. But I really encourage you, if you're feeling that guilt, then don't just automatically assume it's reasonable guilt because we we women have a way of beating ourselves up no matter what we do. And our culture has a way of making demands on us that are completely unreasonable, that we can have it all, we can be it all, we can do it all. And that's not a reasonable expectation in any way, shape or form, right? And so when we're feeling guilty, I think it's important to not automatically assume that the guilt is justified. So take some time to analyze that. Think about it. And why are you feeling guilty? And does it make sense? And then, yeah, maybe you need to address something. But if you don't, then you don't. And just give that to God. But then I want to address this idea of feeling discouraged and overwhelmed as a working mom, because like I said, these are the kinds of expectations that we put on ourselves where we feel like because we can do so many things, we have to do all the things, right? You can have it all. So our our culture will tell us you can have it all. And yet the fact is you can't have it all at once. And I think that's really important for us to realize that our time, our energy, our attention. These are finite things. You can very much run out of time. You can run out of energy. You're not going to run out of love for any of your kids, but you can run out of time. You can run out of attention. You can run out of energy to devote to things. And it's a lot that you're taking on when you are working and you're also trying to run your household and raise your kids. So I think it's important to recognize that it's a lot and that maybe it's not a reasonable load for one person to take on. So if you and your your husband together have prayerfully discerned that you working is what's best right now, and it feels like a lot, and you're feeling overwhelmed, and you're feeling discouraged, then it's important to ask for the help that you need. Now, that might mean asking your husband to pitch in with things that maybe you don't normally ask for, or it might mean asking and training your kids to be more of a help to you around the house or with meals or with cleanup or with laundry or whatever. But it also could mean hiring help. Are there things that you're not getting to, whether it's housework or managing your calendar, like you could hire an assistant to help with that, or maybe getting meal service or, you know, ways that you can make mealtimes easier or hire somebody to help with that. You know, there are ways that you can cut corners with meal preparation or getting groceries delivered or whatever that aren't necessarily like, I'm, I'm not telling you to, you know, go through the drive through that there actually are healthy ways. Uh, especially with meal service deliveries and that sort of thing, that you can kind of cut corners in a way that might just be a, a sanity saver for you and might help with some of that overwhelm that you're feeling or that discouragement that you're feeling. I would say if you're feeling overwhelmed and discouraged, I would I would encourage you to spend a lot of time thinking about what are the things that you do 
you know, your work is probably, you know, non-negotiable what needs to be done for your work. And, you know, that might mean going outside of your your house for a certain number of hours and whatever. If that's how it is, then that's how it is. And so I want you to really think about, though, what are the things you do around your house? What are the things you do for your kids? What are the things you do, like, you know, basic cleaning and maintenance and organization at home or meals and laundry and that kind of thing? And um, think about, is it important that you do it? And do you value that you do it? Does your family value that you do it? You know, sometimes I find that we as moms, and I know I've done this many times, we kind of fall into these habits of thinking about things. And, you know, we think I'm going to, um, I know I've done this before where like I'm, it's a really busy time for me at work and I'm feeling guilty about it. And then I'll have a free Saturday morning and I'll be like, I'm going to clean the bathrooms. And this is my my loving service to my family. And uh, because I'm devoted to my family and I want to be I want them to know I'm devoted to taking care of this household and the, the you know homemaking here. And so I'm going to spend my Saturday morning cleaning bathrooms. Well, that might be a good use of your time, but it might not be the best use of your time. It might be best that you hire somebody to clean your bathrooms like your kids don't care who cleans your bathrooms. <laughs> they might care that it's not them. <laughs> But, you know, if if you've decided that's not an appropriate chore for your kids, then maybe it, then maybe considering hiring help for that makes sense. And don't do it because you feel like I have to be the one who does it. I have to be the one who does all the things or I'm going to have guilt about it or shame about it when I'm around my friends who don't hire that kind of help. Like they have it all together. Why don't I have it all together kind of thing? Like if it's about guilt that you're laying on yourself, then then don't do it. If you don't value if your family doesn't value that you do it, then get rid of it. Find a way to do that. Or take a break from things that that aren't serving you or serving your family. You really need to be discerning about your time, especially if you're balancing home and family and work. You need to be very discerning about how you spend your time. And, and that Saturday morning might be better spent doing something fully engaged with your kids, with your family, with your husband. So find a way to to take care of some things, ask for some help. And if you can't afford the help that you need, then look for creative ways to get it. You might swap with a girlfriend or you might hire a, a local homeschooled, you know, middle school girl who can help with things that can be a very economical way of getting the kind of support that you need. But look for ways to get the help that you need and be reasonable about it you know, be reasonable about the the burdens you're putting on yourself and be very discerning about the reasons why you are putting these burdens upon yourself. Is it because you're trying to prove that you're super mom? Is it that you're trying to prove to yourself that you are a good mom and you can still make these homemade meals and have this full-time job and, and do all the things? That That's not a good motivation. So really look at what your motivation is for doing some of the things that you do, especially the things that leave you feeling depleted, the things that might tend to make you feel overwhelmed. All right, then also, if you're feeling overwhelmed and discouraged, I want to encourage you to find some friends who get it. Because, you know, sometimes what leads to us feeling guilty is because we've surrounded ourselves with people who are doing otherwise. <laughs> and, you know, it's I'm not saying if you're a working mom, you can't have moms who stay, who stay at home as your friends. But 
make sure you have some people in your life who share your perspective and can be supportive of you and understanding of some of the things that you're going through. Don't surround yourself with people who don't get it and might be judging you or that you might be worried or judging you in some way. You know, because not everybody has the same circumstances. And, you know, one example that comes to mind is a, a few years back, my son, Stephen, who was in like, he was like a freshman in high school at the time. He went over to his friend Ben's house. And when he came back, he said to me, oh, mom. And he's like looking around our kitchen and he was like, Ben's mom just always has her kitchen completely clean. Like it's it's immaculate. And he's just like looking around at the kind of mess that was currently in my kitchen at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, so tempted to despair <laughs> because I just felt so discouraged. Like, okay, all right. Now, so not only am I tempted to be comparing myself to some of these women, but my son is here comparing me to these women. But of course he was a clueless, you know, a high schooler. And he didn't understand, you know, that that mom's circumstances were were different and that, you know, she was a, a full-time at-home mom and wasn't, you know, balancing multiple kids the way that I was. And there are a million reasons why that comparison wasn't fair. And also note, it probably wasn't true <laughs> that he just saw her kitchen clean multiple times. And that doesn't mean it was always like that, right? But I understand that temptation to be comparing, but it's not helpful. It's You're always going to end up losing. And everybody's circumstances are different. So I think it's really important, not, not that you have to, you know, surround yourself with only people who are exactly like you, but have some people in your life who get it. Have some girlfriends who have similar life circumstances and that are going to help you to feel normal about some of these things. And, and then don't be feeling like, you know, that you have to share these things that you might have guilt about or that you're comparing yourself and feel like you're coming up short with, with people that you're worried might be judging you. And also, side note, they're probably not judging you. I, so often we make decisions or we we say things or we have you know these negative feelings about things because we're worried people are judging us and I've come to realize at this stage of my life that people more often than not they're just worried about their own stuff they're not judging you they they don't have time for it they're trying to balance their stuff and maybe they're worried that you're judging them like you know so I think keeping that in mind is also a really helpful thing so find yourself some friends who get it and then the third thing I want to say, if you're feeling overwhelmed and discouraged as a working mom, is remind yourself that you are called to serve your family. Every mom is called to serve her family. And what that looks like is going to be different for everybody. And sometimes when we think about the vocation of motherhood, we think of like acts of service in motherhood. And so we think of like those classic things like, you know, a making meals at home and doing laundry and kissing boo-boos better and all of that. And of course, that's part of our service as mothers. But it also can be part of the service that we are called to as women to work outside the home in some capacity, to work for pay in some way. That's service to your family. I mean, you know, do you not see that? Do you not see that, you know, when your husband works outside the home and he he has a paycheck and he's paying bills, you very readily recognize that as service to your family. So pay attention to the way you're thinking about your own contributions to your family. And, you know, sometimes it's just a very practical thing. Like the electric bill needs to get paid. So that's an act of service to your family to be doing something that's going to pay the bills. 
Now, what that looks like, of course, you know, you you might might vary from person to person, but recognize you have a unique call, a unique vocation. You are called to be serving your family. And, you know, I shared that years ago when I very first ever had a family, when my my oldest daughter, Katerie, was born, I really hated going back to work. I hated leaving her. It was a huge sacrifice for me, but it was, you know, our source of income, our source of health insurance. It was, and it was an important thing that I was doing for our little family at the time. And um, I had somebody counsel me and it stayed with me through the years at the time saying, this is a sacrifice you are making for your family. Sometimes women are called to sacrifice by not working outside the home. Sometimes women are called to sacrifice by staying up late folding the laundry. Sometimes women are called to sacrifice by getting up in the middle of the night with a baby. Sometimes we're called to sacrifice by going to work when it's drudgery, when it's not what we would choose, when we feel guilty about it, when we would rather be at home. Sometimes that's the sacrifice that you're called to make. And only you can really discern that. And, you know, discern like what your what your motivations are for working. And if you and your your husband have prayerfully discerned that this is what makes sense for you right now, then that's the sacrifice you're called to make. This is how you're serving your family. So recognize that. Also, I want to encourage you, if you're a working mom, to have times and spaces in your life that are 100% work-free. Now, this is hard to do in this day and age when you probably have connections to your work on a cell phone in your pocket at all times. So people can be texting you, they could be slacking you, they could be sending emails and your phone is ding, ding, dinging all the time. So that might mean, you know, making some physical boundaries between you and your devices that, you know, the ways that your your work communicates with you. And, you know, I'm going to encourage you that if you're feeling that kind of strain, that kind of pull with your work and your home life and, and you know, feeling that tension there, um, having some times when you are 100% work-free is actually an important part of being a good worker. Because, you're going to be a better worker when you're devoted to your work time. If you're allowed, if you allow yourself that time to be free from that. So putting away your phone, putting away your laptop, having time on the weekends that are it's sacred time, then you're not going to answer emails. You're not going to be answering texts. And, you know, more often than not, we train people in how to communicate with us. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, if your boss emails you on a Saturday morning and you get back to him in five minutes with the information he asked for, you're training him that you're available on Saturday mornings, immediately available, and that's gonna become an expectation. If, however, you don't answer his email until Monday morning, that also sends a message that, oh, I sent an email and it doesn't get replied to until Monday morning. She's probably home and focused on her family during that time. So I think this is a really, a really important kind of boundary that you can set. And of course, every workplace is different and the demands of your workplace will, will look different. But look for ways that you can set those boundaries, right? So it's so great that we have these modern means of communication and that you can have this instant way of communicating with work. But it's also a call to be mature about these things and to be responsible in the ways that you're going to be using them and not allowing them to invade your home and your family life in a way that is detrimental and causes you stress. I think it's really important to have those spaces. And that might mean having a conversation with your boss, with your manager, because if your boss or manager has these expectations of you, 
it might mean talking with them about it and explaining to them that this time is, you know, time with my family and it's really important to me. And um, I'm going to get right back on that. Don't worry that I didn't get your email because I didn't reply right away. It's going to be right there Monday morning and I'm, I'm going to be responding to it. And many workplaces are, are very conscious of this. I, I've noted in recent years, especially post-COVID, not that we are post-COVID, but whatever, where people have kind of gotten used to this idea of like continual access and remote work and working from home and all of this, that there needs to be a conversation. And I've heard it in many ways that are, are very encouraging that are going on in many modern workplaces where management needs to be considerate of people's time at home and the fact that they're not always going to be 100% readily accessible. So having those kinds of boundaries set up and, and having those conversations if they're needed is really important. It's going to be an important part of you feeling less overwhelmed and, and less discouraged and, you know, less kind of pulled in multiple directions with your work and your home life. All right, the next point that I want to make, the next suggestion for help that I want to make if you are a working mom and you're feeling overwhelmed and discouraged or guilty is to have open conversations with your husband about this on an ongoing basis. So maybe you started working outside the home three years ago and you both decided this makes sense for our family right now. Well, your family is completely different right now than it was three years ago. Your circumstances are completely different. Maybe your husband's work has changed. Maybe your kids are grown up. Maybe your kids are going to school or they're not going to school or whatever. Like your life circumstances have changed. So this is an ongoing conversation. This is something you need to be talking with your husband about on a regular basis and assessing together. Does this still make sense? Are there some changes maybe that we need to look at making? Do we need to be looking for different opportunities or a different way of doing this if this isn't a good fit for us anymore? So many times we kind of make these big decisions, whether it's working or staying at home or, you know, these big lifestyle decisions in our family lives. And then we feel like that's it's one and done. Like, okay, I made that decision and now here I am, right? But no, you can you can change your mind about things. You can change the way you do things. You can look for different opportunities. You are so allowed to change. So I think it's important to, to remember that and have these ongoing conversations where you are prayerfully discerning these things with your husband so that you can have peace and you can have confidence that you're doing what God is calling you to do. And it, it might mean that you've been working for a while and it's no longer a, a necessary thing financially for your family and you're, you're feeling bad about it. And maybe that's going to mean making a switch to part-time work or making a request to work from home or changing what job you have so that it can be more flexible or deciding to stay home and, and quit that work altogether if that's what you decide makes sense. You know, you and your husband deciding this together. And it's so helpful to have these conversations with our husbands because they have this beautiful thing that which is outside perspective. I I lean on Dan so much for help with these things, practical things, and kind of having that perspective because I I don't know about you, but I tend to just emotionalize pretty much everything. And I can find myself thinking something and believing something that I haven't thought through clearly. And I can I can express it to Dan and he can just in a matter of, you know, a couple of minutes say 
no, no, that doesn't make any sense. That's that's not how it is, right? And he can give me that outside perspective. You know, we like to talk about our feminine genius, but men have a masculine genius. They have their own unique perspective that they bring to things, and it is such a gift to us. So make sure you are checking in with your husband, especially if you're feeling conflicted about your work situation in any way, shape, or form. You need to be checking in with him and praying about it together and and discerning together what is best for your family right now. And, and it might very well change. Be open to that. All right. And then the final point I want to make to anybody who is a working mom who might be struggling, who might be feeling overwhelmed, might be feeling guilty, might be feeling discouraged, or might be feeling isolated and like you're the only one, is to really remember where we are called to discern our self-worth. So, when you're working, there can be a temptation to discern your self-worth in your work, to, you know, really just dive into your, your workplace situation, look to advance in your work, look to excel in your work. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But be discerning about that. Like, where is God calling you to know your worth? And it's not going to be through anything that you do at work. It's not even going to be through anything that you're doing in your marriage and in your family, as vitally important as those things are. It's going to be in your relationship with him. So knowing that you are a child of God, a precious daughter of God, is the most important thing. And if you've forgotten that part of your identity, if you feel like you've never fully embraced that part of your identity, that's what's going to lead to those feelings of overwhelm, those feelings of discouragement, those feelings of imbalance in your life, whether you're working outside the home or not. So don't be looking around at others and saying, okay, I'm, I'm doing at least as well as that mom over there, you know, is balancing work and home life or feeling discouraged because so-and-so down the street is an at-home mom and you see that she has these like home-baked cookies she's bringing into your son's classroom and you, you brought in store-bought ones and even that was a tremendous effort on your part. You know, that, don't be comparing yourself with other people in that way. That's not how you are called to discern your self-worth. You are called to discern your self-worth in your unique identity as a daughter of God. So be turning to God for that. Be looking for your identity in God first and foremost. Your identity is not this rubber stamp on your forehead, working mom, at-home mom, or you know any other combination of those things. Your identity is as a daughter of God. And you are his precious daughter, you are his beloved, and he wants you to know just how worthy you are because you are, because of who you are and who he made you to be. So all of these other things, they're, they're externals and they can come and go and they can change. Your work situation can change, can go up and down. You can be working full-time, part-time, working from home, working outside the home, working you know full-time as an at-home mom with your kids. All of these things can change, but what doesn't change is who you are as a daughter of God. And if you've forgotten that, if you feel like you've been pulled away from that, this is your call. This is your reminder to be diving deep into that relationship with God and asking Him to tell you who you are. Because all this other stuff has a real way of falling into place, falling into proper perspective once that core part of your identity is in its right place. 
Okay, I hope that's helpful to you, to um, those of you who wrote in asking questions about working motherhood, or for any of you out there who didn't write in, but you're kind of struggling with those those kinds of questions in your life right now, or, or discerning whether or not you should be working or figuring out how to handle the guilt that you might be experiencing in any, any way that you're living out your motherhood. I hope that's helpful for you. But if you have a perspective that you would like to share with me, or an additional question or feedback on this topic, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Would love to connect with you in those places as well. All right, we've got a little bit more of the show coming up, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. The most important person ever to walk the face of the earth, the source and summit of all things Catholic. But do we really know him? Hi, I'm Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio, sometimes known as Dr. Italy. For 30 years, I've taught about Jesus in Catholic University classrooms, on TV, and on radio. And I've been surprised at how Catholics, fascinated with so many of the unique features of the rich Catholic tradition, seem to take for granted the very basis of it all, the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some other Catholic Bible teachers I know have noticed the very same problem. So, Jeff Cavins, Dr. Edward Sree and I decided to collaborate on a groundbreaking study that would focus simply on the life and teaching of Jesus Christ, filmed on location in the land where it all happened. Those who take this journey with us will learn amazing new things about the gospel stories they thought they knew so well, about his family, his friends, his enemies, his miracles. But even more importantly, they will come to know Jesus in a new and astonishing way that will make a surprising difference in their everyday lives. This study, Jesus, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, helps you learn with all your senses. The videos filmed on site in the Holy Land will change the way you visualize the gospel stories. The study guide includes gorgeous images, provocative quotes, illuminating maps, and challenging questions. The book that accompanies the study will have you riveted all the way to the end. Order the study pack now at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus and get immediate at-home access to the videos and the study guide while the printed components are shipped to you. Again, you can order Jesus the Way, the Truth, and the Life at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus. You'll be glad you did. Your life will never be the same. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback or a question from one of you about uh, the topics that we take on here on Girlfriends. And this week I heard um, from Jackie on Instagram. Jackie sent me a note and said, how can I get started reading scripture? I want to make reading the Bible a more regular habit, but I'm not sure where to begin. I love this question. I love that this is a goal of yours, Jackie. And um, I've got a few different suggestions. So if you don't even know where to begin, I mean, the daily readings, it's part of the our universal prayer as a church. And so that's a great place to start is you can go to the USCCB website or there's a, a bunch of different apps that you can use to uh, begin reading scripture every day. And maybe you'll just make it a point to read the gospel every day. Or maybe you're going to, you know, read all of the readings, the um, first reading and the psalm and the, the gospel reading each day. It's a beautiful way to add more scripture to your everyday life. And there's 
There's so much out there that can support you if that is a goal of yours. Like there are different um, daily gospel reflections that are available online and through different apps and different websites. Um, so find something that works for you if, if that's a way that you want to go. Also, of course, I have to give a shout out and a recommendation for the Bible in a Year podcast, which is another one of the Ascension podcasts here. So you can go to ascensionpress.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts and find Father Mike Schmitz, who walks you through reading the entire Bible in a year. What a great thing. What a great goal to have. What a treasure that podcast is. Just taking you in little steps. And if you don't have time to listen every single day, that's okay. There's no actual agenda for this. <laughs> you know, you can go through and when you have the time, listen to the next episode and you can work your way through the entire Bible this way. And Ascension at over at ascensionpress.com, they have all kinds of resources to kind of support you in that journey as you're working your way through the Bible in a Year podcast. So that's kind of an easy way where if you want kind of like a ready-made way to make scripture more a part of your everyday life, really do recommend that. And then the final thing that I want to recommend, and this might work for you, is to consider just reading a psalm every day. This is something that we've been doing over in the Girlfriends community over at girlfriendscommunity.com. And this is part of our, so when you join the Girlfriends community, you get access to daily prayer support. This is currently what it looks like, but this is going, you know, we're going to read through the book of Psalms, one psalm at a time, one psalm per day. Each day we're reading and re reflecting together on just working our way through the book of Psalms. And it really is a beautiful and very accessible way to get started with daily scripture reading because the Psalms are, they're short, right? It's not a huge undertaking to read a Psalm each day, but they cover everything. They're beautiful. They're beautiful songs of praise for God, but also cries of petition, cries of pain and anguish and disillusionment and just, but also praise for all of God's creation and giving thanks to God. I mean, all of it is included in the Psalms. So they're really a beautiful way to incorporate scripture in your daily prayer life. So you can join us over at the Girlfriends Community um, to do that along with us. Like, I said, we're working our way through now. And um, when we're done with the book of Psalms, we're going to do something different um, for daily prayer over there. But that's what we're currently doing. So you can join us over at girlfriendscommunity.com. For anyone who's not familiar with what the community is, you can check it out for free over at girlfriendscommunity.com. But it's just a way for us to connect outside of the podcast, for us to go deeper with some of the topics that we talk about here, and a way for you all as listeners of Girlfriends to have access to one another. That's such a gift. It's such a gift to be able to connect with each other. We have so much in common, but we're also different in a lot of ways. We all bring our own unique perspective, our unique gifts to the community. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that we're able to share from all different walks of life, all different ages and stages of Catholic life as women. And we've got um, some single people on there. We've got young moms. We've got young marrieds who don't have children yet. We've got moms of large families, small families, grandmothers. It's really just a beautiful kind of tapestry of all the different ways we are called to live out our vocations as Catholic women. And we have so much to learn from one another. We have so much to gain from connecting about the things we have in common, but also we have so much to learn from the ways in which we're different and we can be encouraged and inspired in that way. So 
If you're interested in joining us in praying with the the Psalms, especially, that's what we're focused on right now, you can join us over at girlfriendscommunity.com. But Jackie, I want to thank you for your question. And I hope that some of these, these tips will be something that's going to work for you. I love that reading more scripture and making it more a part of your everyday prayer life is a goal of yours. It should be a goal of everyone. So um, I hope that these these tips help. If you have a question that you'd like me to take up in this segment of the podcast, like Jackie, or if you have a topic you'd like me to take on uh, on a future episode of Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me through the Girlfriends community at girlfriendscommunity.com, or you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. For now, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's really a great source of encouragement to me to know that you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. I love that we're able to share in this way. I love that we're able to connect through the podcast. And it's such a source of encouragement to me that you show up, that you listen to what we share here each week. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension the leader in Catholic faith formation.